0: Welcome to the Mama Embodied podcast with yours truly, Shana Ray. I'm a somatic attachment coach and therapist that is absolutely dedicated to supporting your soul's evolution as you prepare and step into the motherhood and parenting journey. Mama Embodied is a must listen for mothers and mothers to be who are seeking support, community, and all of the tips and tricks to raise secure, resilient kids that can thrive in this unpredictable world. The show is here to help you understand how healing yourself on all levels, mind, body, and soul, not only changes your life, but also shapes your future generations' lives to come. So through honest conversations around reparenting yourself, conscious parenting, effective attunement and communication, mental health, and improving your physical well-being, we're going to explore the importance of embodying what you want your kids to learn so that you could be the one in the family line that stops the family inherited trauma and creates a safe and loving foundation that your family can lean on. So join me and guest experts in the field as we embrace our stories, share our wisdom, and help you create a life full of well-being, joy, love, and connection with you and your loved ones. So mamas, let's get started how's it going my love i am truly so excited for you to listen to today's episode because although it's not about parenting or reparenting work i asked ashley to come on the show because i truly believe that she brings so much research and incredible insights to a very critical piece that not many people are educated on but is so important to learn more about if you want to improve you and your family's mental health and overall well-being. And that is teaching you how to lower the toxin exposure inside of your home. You see, we spend a lot of our time indoors. And unfortunately, thanks to living in a modern world, there are many everyday products that we buy that we don't even realize are toxic. And there are even toxins that can start to flourish inside of our homes that are greatly impacting our health in a very negative way. Now, although our exposure to toxins is increasing year over year, the good news is that there are simple hacks and swaps that we can learn more about and take action on to greatly minimize the toxic levels that we're exposed to. Now, I want to highlight that when you first hear about all the different toxins that we're exposed to on a day-to-day basis, it can feel pretty overwhelming, especially if you had no idea that this was even a thing. I mean, when I developed a chronic illness due to toxic mold exposure six years ago, I had no idea that you could get sick from mold in a home or an office space. So I want to reiterate that this podcast is not here to scare you. You know, Ashley and I wanted to dive into this conversation so that we can empower you and show you that there are ways that can make your home healthier and happier for you and your family. So although toxin exposure is inevitable, the great news is that we can be more proactive and defend against the inevitable, which is amazing, right? So... Just so you know a little bit more about ashley she is a licensed interior designer and building biologist that created a full service interior design and consulting firm to support health conscious individuals and those that have been impacted by mold chemicals and emfs so that they can finally create safe nurturing spaces so whether you're renovating building new or just simply looking to improve your existing space Her company, Awakening Spaces, is here to help you navigate the project that you're taking on by looking at your environment from a holistic perspective and outlining the steps you need to take so that you can feel confident that your home is supporting your health. So if you'd love to learn more about what it would be like working with Ashley, I'll add the link to book a free clarity call with her in the show notes below, as well as list all the product recommendations we talk about on the show today. And I just can't wait for you to listen in. You know, Ashley and I became social media friends a few years back when we both started our businesses and bonded over a very similar chronic illness journey. She was also a student of my Transformation Accelerator program, and I've been a student of hers, learning how to create the most non-toxic living space as possible. Because something we also talk about in today's show is the fact that healing requires you to look at every piece of the puzzle. So think mind, body, and spirit. Like we need to look at how to repair our nervous systems on an energetic level as well as do the practical work like cleaning up the toxins in our home in order to have this full body health and wellness. So, if you love today's show, make sure to let us know, tag us on Instagram or share this episode with your loved ones and without any further ado, let's just dive in. So, Ashley, welcome to the Mama Embodied podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, Shayna. So excited I, to be here with you.
0: I'm seriously, so happy to have you here and How I like to kick off all of these conversations is for my audience to know a little bit more about you and your story and your background. So what led you to become an interior designer that specializes in building these healthier, safer, happy homes?
1: Yeah. So uh, I'd say it all kind of started uh, in college. My very first symptoms, I'll say, started when I was a sophomore in college. I was living in this, um, one of the nicer homes in West Virginia University, Uh, but it was definitely not maintained, not very well cared for. Um, And looking back at the photos that I have of these homes, um, multiple homes, but that one specifically... I mean, there were so many defects, so many things wrong with it. Um, the basement door was locked and we couldn't even see what was in the basement. And that entire year I was sick. I had like bronchitis, sinus infections. It was just very abnormal for me to be sick. So I felt like very immunocompromised in that house. Um and my mom would even say, I think there's mold. And I'd be like, whatever, you know, I want to live with my girlfriends. It was, I was a sophomore in college and we were having so much fun. That house also symbolized so much fun for me.
0: Um,
1: but simultaneously I was starting to slip into bouts of depression. I was having really weird intrusive thoughts, like scary, evil thoughts. Like it was a weird, I don't know how to explain intrusive thoughts. Um, without like it just being a very, very dark, like very dark thoughts in my mind. Um, I was also having horrible fatigue, um, a lot of memory loss. And so that was kind of on and off throughout that year, but that's when it kind of started. Um, And then it continued into the next house that I lived in, which was also another home where I'm pretty sure there was a big mold exposure there. Um, simultaneously I had gotten breast implants. I had been drinking a lot. I was not taking care of myself. I was partying. I mean, I was not a healthy person at that time. So there was a lot of factors, but I really feel like those homes were sort of the straw that broke the camel's back for me. Um, so after I graduated and, you know, continued, my life after college, I um, started really taking my health into my own hands and trying to figure out what's going on. Um, I, at that point was having such horrible memory loss that I couldn't even remember the name of people who were standing in front of me that I knew really well. Like it was a really, really scary time. So I thought I was getting dementia. I didn't know what was going on. Um, And that was really the point where I was like, I have to figure out what's going on. Uh, everyone just told me I was crazy. It was just a part of getting older, but I was, you know, 22 years old. So <laughs> um, I was working with, at the time, I was also working with my family in their development business, helping them with apartment buildings, doing interior design for that, and working in an architecture firm. So I was doing interior design work because that's what I went to school for, um, while simultaneously I was. I began to study at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition to try to just get a nice holistic view of health, which I think is a really great place to start. But it's, you know, (laughs) that kind of opened my eyes to a lot bigger, a lot more um, when it comes to our health. So from there, I started playing with diet and exercising more and just, you know, exploring food as medicine. And it really wasn't until... I did that for years and and sort of started understanding gut health. And it was just like these little breadcrumbs that led me eventually to a woman who at the time I realized, uh, well, I was looking for a probiotic after a trip to Mexico because I got like picked some sort of gut bug up. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I need a, this specific probiotic that I heard about in my classes. It has to be like from a practitioner. And I reached out to this woman. And she was like, I think you need more than a probiotic. Like, I'm happy to give you this, but I think let's do some scans. Let's do some tests. And I was really lucky because she was a functional um, nutrition practitioner and she tested me for everything. She tested me for chemicals, for molds, for, you know, hormones. We did the whole thing. And I realized that um, I had a little bit of everything really, but. One of the things that was a light bulb moment for me was when my mycotoxin panel came back high for different mycotoxins, which are the toxins produced by mold. That was a really big light bulb moment for me um, because it really put into perspective that our environment does play a really, really large role in our health um, on a very physical level. And it's more than just an allergenic level. Um, And so that kind of Learning that kind of opened up the can of worms in which mold is of trying to figure out, okay, well, where is it coming from? Am I getting exposed currently? Is this from a past exposure? Um, you know, how do I need to change my life essentially in order to avoid getting exposed and detoxing whatever's in my body? Um, So that was a light bulb moment that took me to building biology that helped me understand how do we build healthy environments and how do we get to the root cause of why we have these exposures in the first place. Um, And then that kind of led me to building science, which now I'm currently in the process of trying to study the building envelope and understanding how heat, air, and moisture actually move in our buildings Mm -hmm. to create these issues. So Now I do interior design, but I do it a little differently. Um, I do it with all of that knowledge and background in place when I'm doing design so that we can kind of build in insurance into the homes so that when there is an issue, when there is a leak, you know, when any issue happens, there's preventative measures in place so that you hopefully won't have to take the extreme measures that Um, a lot of people have to take when they realize that mold is playing a role in their home and health.
0: Yeah, definitely. I feel like our, our stories are so similar. And I think that's why we connected years ago on social media. We had such similar stories. I, I too, it was college. I lived by the beach in these homes with tons of mold, but as a college kid, you don't you don't know. You're like, ah, that smell, it's fine. And you party Mm -hmm. and you drink. And then I worked in a water damage office building after that. So it had been five, six, seven years of toxic mold exposure until something hit me, right? It's like you said, you start noticing symptoms, but when were any of us educated that it could be mold from a home? Like, I think that's the craziest part about these journeys is that all this stuff happens, and then you go to Western medical doctors. I remember, I I don't know about you, but I would get blood work drawn by doctors, and they're like, "Everything looks normal." Mm-hmm. I'm like, what what do you mean it looks normal? Like, I don't <laughs> feel good at all. Like, here are all my symptoms. So you start thinking, God, is this in my head? Am I going crazy? Until You do see people that are more well versed in environmental toxins because that's the the bummer part. I think with Western medical, I think they mean well. They just weren't educated on these environmental toxins and how much it impacts our health. So it is great that we do have functional medicine that really can see the value and and the the issues of these toxins that are in our homes, our offices, and. Thank God, Ashley, you're in this career path. I think we need more people in this this career because, you know, our homes, we spend the most time there and how important it is to have these healthy homes because there are these environmental toxins like mold that that impact Mm -hmm. not only our physical health, but our mental health. So people Mm -hmm. could even be going to therapy, doing all these things, but if they're not cleaning up the toxins in their home or in their body. it it doesn't help. It's like, we need this whole 360 approach. We need to work on the mental, the physical. We're just, I always say we just have to deal with the inevitable now, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it's inevitable. We're going to have toxins. We're not here to be scared of them, but now we just have to take these like proactive health measures, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you have the 360 approach because I really try to enforce that in my own practice too, that Yes, the environment is one piece of the puzzle. It's a very important piece, but there's so many pieces. And this really is um, a journey of connecting all those pieces.
0: Yeah, 100%. So I had a question of like, what type of toxins impact our health and are in our home? But maybe it might be easier to like break it down by like each section so I figured since we both got sick from toxic mold exposure and that's been part of our journey to improve our mental health our physical health and I know it impacts so many people and they don't even realize I know when even I got sick people like mold really and I'm like totally I didn't I didn't think mold was going to be an issue either so I guess for starters like why should we care about mold like how can mold impact our health Yeah.
1: Well, I think going back to my story in college where my mom said, you know, I think there's mold in this house based off of having sinus infections. I think a lot of times people think that mold exposure is just going to be an allergic reaction, or it's Mm -hmm. just going to be a stuffy nose, or it's just going to be like just allergies. And what I learned and what I've seen in so many people and what we all know now is that it's so much more than that. It is it can impact our body systemically. It can impact every single organ of our body. And mold's job in nature is to decompose. Mm-hmm. It's there to decompose. It's doing its job. And so when it colonizes in our body, it's doing that. It's decomposing our bodies from the inside out. And um it can really impact us neurologically. So it loves to live in the fat tissues. And it so it makes sense that, you know, our brain is made up of so much fat and it likes to live in there. So it makes sense that we have so many, neuro, we see so many neurological issues happening from mold, you know, the depression, the anxiety, the intrusive thoughts, mm-hmm. the brain fog and memory loss, you know, it's attacking, it's attacking us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's definitely more than just an allergy, although certain molds can you know, produce an allergenic effect. Um, it's, it's definitely deeper than that. So, you know, if you are experiencing these symptoms, um, it's better to understand if it is mold so that you can be proactive about it. And so it doesn't get to that next level. You know, it could be anything from gut issues to just sleep disturbances, insomnia. I mean, it's, it's sneaky and a lot of symptoms from mold can overlap, you know, symptoms from EMF or chemical or whatever, you know, it's this toxic soup, but um, it's a definitely one layer. And I know personally from just detoxing mold, that was when I noticed the biggest improvement in my memory coming back. I mean, sure. I still, there's things I don't remember. Uh, it's that's, there's a normal part of that, Yeah, totally. but to not remember people's names who are standing in front of me that was scary level and mm-hmm. that hasn't happened in a really really long time so i can you know wholeheartedly say that that was caused from mold
0: yeah, totally. That brain fog. And you think like, oh, I just didn't sleep that well that night or whatever, but there could be, you know, some deeper underlying issues. And and so that's why I always recommend people to do a balanced health scan because I know, mm-hmm. you know, testing for heavy metals, mold, like it can add up and be super expensive. So I love the balanced health bioresonance scan. I'll make sure to link it in the show notes below, but it's kind of a great overarching, okay, like what are the toxins in my body? And then you could go deeper with a functional medicine doctor, whoever feel called to to go on that path. But going off of this topic of mold, so mold is typically in water damaged areas, correct? In a home?
1: So yes, Um, it's water. Let's just start with this. Mold needs three things to survive. It needs food. And that can be anything from paper on your drywall to dust in your home. Um, so it's like some sort of organic matter. That's going to be its food. It needs water. And that could be bulk water from a leak. Um, anywhere you have plumbing, it could be from condensation or it can be from high humidity. Mm. Um, and then it just needs a warm place to hang out. And that's essentially, it likes the same temperatures as we do. So different species will grow in different temperatures, but for the most part, it's just the regular temperature that we are as humans survive in as well. And so really it, if you have those conditions, then you can have mold. And so a lot of people think that, Oh, like for instance, I live in Denver. It's a drier climate. Um, And, you know, you're in a drier climate too. A lot of people say, well, oh, you're in a dry climate. There's no mold here. Well, there's plumbing and there's possible condensation and we're cooking and we're bathing and we're working out and we're breathing in our homes, creating moisture. So you can still have mold. Um, And same with cold. I mean, in a cold climate, now we're running the risk of, the heat from inside the home hitting a cold surface and now condensing on a building material which is where thermal insulation and air tightness really come into play and it's something that we work you know that i work with clients on when we're building new and strategizing because we want to make sure that we're not creating conditions for condensation to happen um so yeah it you can have mold in all wet areas, bathrooms, um, under the sinks, the toilets and the kitchen. A lot of places we see attics, um, you know, where we see exhaust fans getting vented up into the attic and not out of the home. So now we're pulling moisture from our bathrooms into our attics, which are already really hot and humid usually, um, or crawl spaces, which sometimes have just dirt floors and dirt is mold. Um, I mean, there's, microscopic organisms living in that dirt. Um, you know, basements are a big one and mechanical rooms because they have water heaters and I'll see like people's water heaters leaked. Uh, maybe there's a previous leak or something like that. And it's all dry now, but the problem was never taken care of. So maybe we have an issue in the home. So it's really, you have to be a really you know, you have to be your own detective and just understand where there's water, there could be mold. So manage the water and you can hopefully manage the mold.
0: Yeah. It's wild. Like all the things you rattled off. I'm like, Oh my God, I haven't even thought about that. It (laughs) can get a little overwhelming because there's so many different ways mold can grow. So to simplify it for our audience, like what would be like the best things to check, like bathroom under the sinks? Like what are like some really good things that people can start with when it comes to like, Checking for water damage, mold, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah. So, any area you have plumbing in your house, anywhere you have plumbing. So, your hot water tank, if you have a sump pump, your toilets, I have um, something coming out called the Awakened Homeowner, where oh, okay. it's going to be a, ch- it's going to be kind of like a, step-by-step, there's going to be checklists. There's going to be information. I'm trying to really dumb it down and simplify it for people, but it walks you through how often you should be checking certain things and where you should be looking, um, so that you can kind of be your own detective. And it teaches you how to use specific tools that are pretty inexpensive that you can use to help monitor moisture. Um, but yeah, I would say always checking around your toilets for leak, always checking underneath your toilets or sorry, your sinks, one of the big things is keeping underneath of your sinks really clean, especially because like, if you think about it, sometimes we store toilet paper under there, or we store maybe tampons that come in a box, or we store, you know, other products that come in some sort of paper box. And if we have a slow little drip on these nutritive food sources, what's going to happen. There's no airflow getting in to the underneath of the sink area. If it's in a vanity, you know, we can start getting mold growth. So it's really good to keep it clear and clean underneath of there. So you can see what's happening. They also make really great like under sink mats that are made out of silicone that you can put under there. So if you have a slow leak, you know, it's not going to damage or um, grow mold on your actual cabinetry. So you won't have to replace it. Right. So that can help save you some money down the road. It's just putting those little proactive things in place. And they also make um, like little monitors, of water, uh, like leak detectors, essentially that you can put underneath your sinks. It'll start beeping if it detects water. So that can be helpful. If you're not checking underneath your sink, you might hear the beeping and you can go, okay, well, where's that coming from? And then get led to the source. So
0: Oh, I love that, and I'm I'm hoping that now that there's a little bit more awareness around like mold exposure and all the things in our home, that hopefully we'll have more like tech like that that can be so easy to detect those kinds of things. And what are your thoughts on you know air purifiers? And I know you said mold collects on dust. Uh, I feel like I'm like going to rattle off so many different things, like HEPA vacuums. Like, what are are there any products you recommend um, to support? you know, mold exposure, or us like breathing in the mold.
1: Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's important to understand that if there's actually a problem in the home that you really need to get to the root of the problem and that your cleaning and your air purification is only going to go so far. Okay. Um, however, if you just want to have a good healthy home maintenance plan, then yeah, I think using a different HEPA, like different HEPA Purification systems are really good. You know, Air Doctor is one that you see a lot online. Intellipure is really good. Um, Molecule honestly was one of my very first ones. And I don't love it because the filters really off-gas and have an odor. But I mean, anything is going to work. That really helped me back in the day when I was in the thick of it. So even though it's not one I necessarily recommend now, anything is going to be better than nothing um, in terms of filtering your air. But really you want to be managing your dust. So the first thing you should be doing is making sure you're cleaning your home with a HEPA filtered vacuum and microfiber cleaning cloths. Um, Dusting regularly is really, really important because a lot of toxins live in our dust, not just mold. Um, We'll probably talk about the chemical component of things, but those also live in our dust and we're breathing all that in and we're getting really exposed. And mama's like, if your babies are crawling around on their hands and their knees, they're then putting their fingers in their mouths. And so I think that it's really, really important for moms to be cleaning and dusting and making sure they have a good practice in place, even if it, even if it means bringing some help in occasionally to just make sure the floors are clean. Um, so my favorite vacuum is the Mila. It's actually spelled, I think, M-I-E-L-E but it's pronounced Mila. And, um, it is like a shop vacuum. It, it's so the suction is so great on it. Um, and I like it because it has a bag in it. And so it's not one where you just pull off the canister and dump it. Those you can get those types, um, as HEPAs as well. They're great because they're lightweight, but you have to be careful when you're emptying it, that you're not emptying it in the house because now we're releasing all those toxins right back into the air and they're super ultra fine and we can be breathing it in. So I think, um, I like prefer the ones with the canister and I just actually revamped my posts on vacuum cleaners and provided like HEPA filter vacuums for every price range. Um, so you can find that on our blog, but, um, Mila is my hands down my favorite and it's got like the best reviews on like consumer reports and uh, Wirecutter wire cutter and things like that too. Um, what i forget what other things we were i mean all the about.
0: things that you just <laughs> need perfect i I'm, I'm just like jaw dropped like oh my god i didn't even think about that cuz we have a dyson and ours is like on its way out it's very old and we were switch thinking about switching i'm definitely going to look into that vacuum cuz i didn't even think about it when you empty it out in the trash of course, it's like yeah. going into
1: the air. <laughs> oh yeah, so do it outside. I mean, yeah. it's fine. The thing that's really nice about those is they're really lightweight. So yeah. I like to provide that's those options. Nice. I have both. I have my Mila for my heavy cleans. And then I have a Tineco, which is essentially like the Dyson for quicker cleans. But with that, you have to really remember to clean the filters or the suction kind of gets bad after a while. Totally, um, so there's just a lot, I feel like a lot more maintenance with those ones, but yeah. sometimes it's harder to lug out the Mila. Cause it's like this big clunky thing. So yeah, pick pick also HEPA, on that. <laughs> Yeah, there's also really great on my new blog post. I included some HEPA filter handheld ones. So now mm-hmm. I have one of those on like all my floors so that when I need a quick clean, I can just pull out my little handheld and I don't have to like go up and down the steps. It's just easy.
0: Perfect, w- yeah, we, worth love, it. we love the easiness like of that. And uh okay, and you made such a great point of like, I didn't think about like babies like are constantly on the floor. So it is important to always be cleaning the floor. What do you recommend for like hardwood floors or like if you don't have carpet, like is there like a steam cleaner that you recommend or anything like that? Or do you think those vacuums are great for those floors as well?
1: Well, I'd start with vacuuming to pick up any of the bigger bulk um, particulate, but then I would recommend like using a, there's a mop. It's called Cedar O Cedar. Again, this is on my, uh, we have a shop on our website that has like all of the products we use. So you can go on there and kind of go geeking out on different tools for the house. But, um, the Cedar O Cedar spin mop is amazing. It's like a microfiber cloth mop. You can spin it out. So that's what we use for our deep clean. And then again, I have a more, Quicker clean mop that has a microfiber head. And you just put, I just put branch basics and water into the little spray bottle thing. And then oh. I use that for if I notice just in between cleans, something on the floor and want a quick clean.
0: Oh, that's perfect. And I'll make sure to link your website and your shop and all that in the show notes below so people can binge that. There's nothing better than someone that's like done the research and has all of her favorite finds, like to just go deep into that. It's so appreciated too. It like saves us the time, you know?
1: (laughs) It's getting a big revamp. So I'd say if you're listening to this in like June, it should be revamped. We have so many new amazing things that are going on there and I'm really excited about it.
0: Oh, I love that. That's very, very exciting. I personally can't wait for that as well. (laughs) So I guess the last topic when it comes to mold before we move on to the next category is something you actually mentioned in your personal story of how one of the houses you lived in in college was like pretty new. It was a new build, but it still had mold. And I think that is something people don't realize is like, oh, I bought a new home, like it shouldn't have any mold problems. But in fact, like it, it can. So it's not just old homes. Mm -hmm. So like, I guess, could you dive more into like how new homes can also have mold exposure? Is it just because It's like water damage. Water damage will create mold, whether it's a new or old home. I would just love your perspective on that.
1: Yeah. So a couple of different ways. First, and one of the biggest ones is the storage of lumber on a construction site or mold being on lumber that's brought onto a construction site. And then we have a little bit of mold and we put up the studs and now we have high humidity. Maybe we're in a climate like Florida or Tennessee and that little mold spore is now growing into full-blown mold mm-hmm. because it has the right conditions and then the walls get put up um, or we're not testing the moisture content of the wood before we put the drywall up and it's we're trapping moisture in the wall cavities so then we don't see anything. Um, and we're using all this paper, we're using all this drywall that has paper. So, you know, there's a lot of different things we can do. And it really, I base it a lot off of your budget and your goals and, you know, the availability of products in your area, but there's a lot of things you can do to minimize your risk in a new build. Um, and also like we talked about too, with the insulation and air tightness, you know, if we're not managing these things properly we can get condensation in different areas and not to mention new builds in general are a very wet process we're using concrete we're using adhesive we're using paints we're using all these different things inside of the space after we've really tightened up the envelope and now the moisture level is really really high So, I mean, I always recommend using a dehumidifier for six months post-construction just to, like, bring it back to a normal humidity level. Um, So there's a lot of things that can create moisture in a new build. And, you know, there's a lot of things we could design things, draw things, plan for things, but there's a human who's building it and accidents happen and things get missed and the way that we are overlapping materials could be wrong. And then you get a rainstorm and next thing, you know, you have water leaking in and you have no idea that it's getting in. Um, so it's, it's really challenging and I try not to, you know, I don't want to overwhelm anyone or scare anyone, but it's, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of, proactive things you can do to being informed about what could happen so that when you're building a new home or renovating a new home, you can kind of keep your eye on some of these things and get ahead of it before it becomes a big issue.
0: Yeah. I love that you're pointing to that. And I think we can wrap up this episode talking about the nervous system support. Cause yeah, when you hear all this stuff and like what we can be exposed to and all the different things that could happen, it can sound really scary and overwhelming. And Just so our audience knows, like that's not me and Ashley's goal here. It's more to empower you and open up your awareness to build a healthier, happier home. And so that's why I wanted to ask that question before we wrap up this topic of mold, just because I know a lot of people will be like, oh, I have a new house. So like, it shouldn't be a mold problem. And they just instantly go like, no, it can't be mold. So I just wanted to open people's awareness that like mold can be in an old build and a new build. But like what's great is like we can deal with the inevitable. And there's so many simple practices and things that you're so beautifully embodied in that can help us create that healthy home. So I just want to keep reiterating and we will dive into the mental health aspect of understanding all these toxins and the exposures and and all that good stuff too. So that'll be coming up later in our conversation. And so the next topic I wanted to talk about is off-gassing. And it's perfect because you were just talking about how you thought the molecule air purifier was great, but it had some kind of scent to it that you knew was off-gassing something. So for people that don't know like what is off-gassing and and like what home products could like typically off-gas chemicals if you will.
1: Yeah, so off-gassing is when you're when our b- building materials essentially are releasing a gas at room temperature. So, or not even just our building materials, when when our when chemicals are released as a gas at room temperature and so a lot of things off-gas and again not to overwhelm <laughs> but this is really just about being conscious and really just taking a moment to think about what you're bringing into your home for a second don't worry about what's in your home right now start thinking about what you're bringing into your home in the future um so some of the things that can off-gas is furniture is a really really big one um things with foam, so couches, chairs, beds, pillows, um, any type of furnishing or decor made from composite wood products, um, our appliances, our doors, our rugs, carpet, carpet underlayments, paint, insulation, flooring. Um, Literally, if we don't choose products with a lower um, chemical content, then we ha- we create the possibility that we're going to have off-gassing. Now, with VOCs, we're going to have, you know, we bring something in, we might notice that new home or, you know, maybe new car smell or new product smell for a little while and then it dissipates. So a VOC is going to be more volatile, what that means volatile organic compound. It's going to be more volatile. It's going to off gas at room temperature. And that could happen depending on, you know, the, the product, it could be, you know, something that takes a week to off gas to a few years to off gas, you know, maybe carpet carpets, one of those bigger offenders, it takes a lot longer to off gas. So there's a length in time in which things will off gas. So, you know, if you're in a home right now and you're like, oh my gosh, like, is this stuff off gassing? If you've been there for a while, it's probably already off gassed right? But then they, we have SVOCs, which are semi-volatile organic compounds. And those are, those are, those actually break down at a higher boiling point. So that's where we have more of long-term exposure issues. Both, both of them are kind of, and off gassing, right? So these SVOCs are going to break down and they wind up in our dust. Again, another really great reason why we should um, keep our homes clean and manage the dust in our homes, especially for the little ones.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's so many things to think about. So for paint, I know paint, they're starting to have more like eco-friendly Paints are they, are they like, I don't know if it's greenwashing. Is it like legit? Is that do you recommend certain types of paint that would be better? Like what yeah. do you recommend in that front?
1: Yeah. So there is a little bit. It's not necessarily greenwashing, but zero VOC doesn't necessarily mean that the paint is clean. Um, it just means, I mean, and, and there still can be VOCs in it but there's a set like list of VOCs that paint categorizes based off of it's in relationship to ozone, like our atmosphere. So it's kind of tricky. Um, and I would very, like, I would recommend something different based on the client. Like if I have somebody who's pretty sensitive to fragrance and odors, I might recommend something different to somebody who's just like, trying to be more conscious, but doesn't really have any sensitivities. Um, one that I actually love is Eco's brand there. It's made out of natural materials. It's very low odor. Um, I just really love that company. You. Again, you'll be able to find that on my website shop as well. Um, but that's like a really, really good one. Benjamin Moore makes a, a line called Spec which I think has a little bit more of an odor. But again, it's easier to get for people. It's big box brand. It's easy. Um, So it really just depends um, on your preference.
0: Nice. Well, those are some great recommendations. Nice to get some like name brands where you're like, okay, is this a little bit safer? or doesn't smell as much like that. I think that's what anyone is looking for, you know? So what are we supposed to be looking for to minimize the off-gassing? Is there any like materials that are like better than others? I don't even know how to ask this question. I'm hoping you can guide me to the right right answer Yeah,
1: Honestly, sticking as close to nature as we possibly can is best. If we can get solid wood furniture and be more conscious of what kind of sealers and stuff we're using as opposed to composite wood which is a bunch of wood that's been broken down and pressed with adhesives, which we have no idea what those adhesives are. Um, We can get natural latex over polyurethane foam and um, we can get uh, fabrics that haven't been treated with um, you know stain resistance and um, wrinkle resistance and all of these different things and we can get like wool linen, cotton those types of things are going to be better and there's a ton of companies now that have cleaner, healthier lower tox furniture. I mean you anyone can go and Google low tox furniture and find some really good resources. It's definitely something we talk, we're going to talk way more about in the Awakened Homeowner too, as I have, um, kind of my ongoing guide and resource for furniture, but you know, those are going to be really, really big ones. Um, and our beds, our beds, mattresses are really, really big one. Mm -hmm. So I would say focusing in there, if you're going to take any place to focus in on is the bedroom.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. I love that you're bringing this up because this was going to be one of my questions for you is yes, there's so many different toxins to think about and different things you can change in your home. But my question was, what is the best room to focus on? So it sounds like the bedroom. And So what are your like top tips. So I know a a different mattress. I personally love avocado. Me and my husband got an avocado mattress about six months ago and we absolutely love it. Are there other mattresses that that you like?
1: Oh my gosh. There's honestly so many great mattresses. That's That's another one.
0: That's another one. Like they're
1: making mattresses way better and they should, because if you think about it, like we are spending a third of our lives this close to our mattresses. Right. And it, it has to be, in my opinion, if you're not going to do anything at all in your home, spend zero money, put all of your money into your mattress. Um, that's actually what I did. <laughs> you Young. can look at the rest of my house and it's not perfect, but my bed was very, uh, very nice. So I um I love Samina which is going to be like more of a luxury bed um system. Um uh, not Naturepedic makes a good one. i personally slept on Avocado as well and absolutely love it. Ossen makes one. Um oh my gosh, there's honestly a huge list. Yeah,
0: that's and- awesome that there's a lot of mattress brands out there that are like having that awareness piece, which is great. It's nice that there's so many more options than before.
1: Yeah, and you can even get something that's more – I forget who owns it, actually, but Birch is another one. So this is going to kind of spiral into the EMF stuff, but um, in addition to, like, a non-toxic mattress, I try to avoid coils in mattresses just because – The, um, the coils after long periods of springing like this can actually create a magnetic field and, um, you know, really having any metal in our bed can sort of act as an antenna for other EMF. So that's kind of like take with that, what you will. And just, if you have coils in your bed, doesn't mean your bed is, un you know, is unhealthy. Um, but it's just something to consider if you really want to take it to the next level. Um, but yeah, there's so many brands like this. Uh, com- I was going to say this company Birch is like a very affordable, non-toxic option. You know, you can find it in a range of what you want to spend.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. So switching the mattress, there's, are there different types of sheets? Yeah. Cause I loved how you pointed to like wrinkle resistant, all those things have chemicals in it. I think there's now more awareness around like water resistant or like dry fit, like clothes. So what, what kind of like sheets do you recommend?
1: Um, again, so many sheet options, Uh, depending on what you're really wanting to spend. Um, you can even go to, um, target and get Okiotex certified if you see there's a label there target has a ton of options now that have oh, this awesome. certification that has um you know limits the amount of chemicals that can be used um and so i'm trying to think of what the line is uh there's one there's a company called under the canopy um there's a company called Koyuchi that's going to be a little pricier um, you can get all natural linen sheets, which I know people are really loving. Um, My brother is like on the whole linen sheet train. He's Love like, the they keep me so cool at night. I haven't tried them. Um, <laughs> but again, just like mattresses and you, if you can Google like non-toxic bed sheets and so many things populate now, it's really a lot easier to get healthy bed than it used to be.
0: Oh, that's that's a relief, and I'm sure that can translate over to like babies and cribs and all that good stuff. Yeah, too.
1: and I do want to share on the cribs though for baby because I just saw somebody post on a bassinet called I want to call say it's called Snoo. It's yeah, S N O O.
0: Yeah, people, it's like the really popular one, I think, it's right? It, like, so m-
1: popular, I realize it's like $1,600 or something like that. Yeah, and it's a smart bed. So we really, really, really want to be careful, even if it's made out of organic materials that we're not putting our babies on a bed that is going to emit a radio frequency or a magnetic field. There's plenty of research out there that shows the risks to brain development, um, you know, childhood leukemia, all of these different things um, for the developing baby when they're having long-term exposure to these things. And so the bed needs to be the most safe and healthy place for babies. So I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't risk that. Um, and I think that that's where new moms are having a lot, are gonna probably have a lot of trouble because there's so many new gizmos and gadgets and tech out there yeah. that promote you know, better sleep or the ability for mom to track baby. And I think that that's a slippery slope Um, and it's almost kind of like going back to like our ancient, like what's actually, what do we actually need? Like we've been parenting for how many lifetimes, like we don't need this to protect our baby and keep our baby safe. Um, And that's where you come in with like all the (laughs) like shifting around like safety and And mindset and all that because there really is a physiological impact of some of this stuff that we're using that we really don't know as an issue.
0: No, I love that you're pointing to that too. I think technology, it can be great, but we don't know the long-term effects, especially with kids with this new technology and cribs and and all all the different things i've even heard like with like ultrasounds like those 3d scans are are not great for baby and it's like mm-hmm. i know you want to see your baby and like see what they look like but there's there's something to that too so it is fascinating how we just don't have the research yet um so we don't mm-hmm. know definitively but yeah it's something to just keep in mind and like you said it's like we can actually go back to simplicity. And there's different ways to improve babies' development in the lens of secure attachment and talk like 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 we talked about in the beginning of this conversation, this whole 360 look at health. It's not just the mental, it's not just the physical, but when we can blend it all. So like having these non-toxic cribs and healthy mattresses on top of secure attachment and and being in mama's arms and co-regulation like that is what's going to improve their brain development and help them be these like happy healthy adults in the world so yeah. I love that it's like we need the both so I love that you're you're just you know opening women's awareness up to like different different aspects that that could be important yeah
1: yeah And I, I want to say like, I had a friend, um, who had a baby who had some sort of heart condition and they had to wear, um, like a little, maybe it was like a little sock or glove or wristband or something that had a radio frequency on it to track that the baby's heart was okay. In that kind of situation, like that's amazing that you have that technology and there's another, you know, there's something else there that is kind of like the top priority right now. And if we can have this technology and find balance with it, I think that's amazing um, so I don't I don't say this to scare, but if there's an opportunity where, you know, it's it's just for I don't know, ease or something, maybe think twice about it. You know, what's a necessity and we need and what what can we actually simplify and kind of bring back to basics? Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think we've just overcomplicated things. And of course that's overwhelming and all the different points of views it's a lot it's a lot to take in you know so simplifying it going back to basics going back to what we used to do back in the day is definitely going to solve a lot of the problems that we're struggling with right now which is good we're finally go- going back to that and and finding people that that can you know educate us on on those different things so the last thing i want to kind of wrap up on is continuing talking about this bedroom so it's like we're switching the mattress switching the bed sheets, would you recommend like hardwood floors or something like that over a carpet?
1: Yes, so I'd say um, if you're building new or renovating, get rid of the carpet altogether. It's a reservoir for dust. It's like a sponge. It, it It's gonna be really, really hard to clean. And if you have carpet, just make sure you're vacuuming it regularly using that HEPA vacuum so that whenever the air comes out of the vacuum, it's actually capturing the really, you know, microscopic, gothic particles that are going to be in the dust. And if you have rugs, you can get a natural fiber rug, like a wool rug or something like that, because you have to really watch out for rugs, bringing, you know, a chemical component in off gassing into your bedroom space. Also no cell phones in the bedroom. If you can avoid it, this one's tougher, people. I get like A lot of people saying, well, my parents are old or, you know, I want to be able to get a hold of like, or someone might need to get a hold of me if something happens. And in that case, I might look into hardwiring and going back to a landline. Um, You know, my personal perspective is I think that during sleep, I mean, unless it's a really I don't know. I feel like during sleep, it's hard to get a hold of people anyway. So, you know, I always keep my phone on airplane mode or turn it off while I'm sleeping. Airplane mode at least allows me to, um, get the message when I wake up, if there was an emergency in the night. Um, but yeah, if we could, if we could try to figure out a way that we can keep our cell phones out of the bedroom, because those are the highest emitters of radio frequency and by far our biggest exposure And there's so many studies coming out on tumors and brain tumors and things from, you know, holding our phones up to our head or leaving it in our bra pocket. You see, you know, people who have tumors in like the shape of a phone. And I mean, there's too much research now um, where, you know, we definitely don't want to have those things so close to our head when we're sleeping at night and our body's repairing. Um, but in addition to that, like anything that's plugged into our room can emit some sort of EMF. So really just unplugging, creating a bedroom that's like a super safe, peaceful, disconnected sanctuary is is going to be the best bet.
0: I love that because I've even read research on, you know, it's like you want your room to feel like a place for just sleep and sex, basically, like even like no TVs, like. Just completely unplugging that space so your system is like, okay, this room is for rest. Um, Yeah, for me, it's like I always do airplane mode um, when I fall asleep. And then I typically, when I'm on the phone with someone, I always do speakerphone.
1: Always, always.
0: I don't think I've ever like had my my phone to my head ever since yeah. I All this always on speakerphone, um, or like a headset like that's plugged in. Not those AirPods, you guys. We gotta mm-hmm. gotta eliminate those. Um, I'm trying to think what else. And yeah, when I have it in my pocket, like if I'm walking in nature, I put my phone on airplane mode. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that does that is that a good thing oh yeah. about the airplane yep. mode if it's in your pocket or.
1: Definitely. You also want to make sure, um, when it's on airplane mode that the Bluetooth and the Wi-Fi are also turned off. Mm, And I
0: I didn't think about that.
1: I think I have like a reel or something showing that on my Instagram, like how to make sure it's actually off. And if I don't, I'm making a note to make that because I, it's a common Issue because when you're measuring it using a meter, you can tell that it's still emitting a signal. Same thing with your computer. You know, if the Wi-Fi, even if you're hardwired in, if the Wi-Fi isn't off, it's still going to be picking up a signal from somewhere. Yeah. So yeah. And oh, you you actually love these. I um uh, there's a gal, she's a building biologist. She started creating these really adorable bags that are kind of they're so cute and they're EMF blocking bags. So <gasps> There's different sizes. You can get one that just fits your phone for like when you go on a walk or a hike. So you don't have to turn any settings. It's just going to block anything coming off of it. So... I'm really excited to get those on the website as well because they're so cute.
0: <laughs> oh my God. That makes me very excited. Please send me the link. Yes. I, yeah, And we'll definitely add that to the show notes too. That sounds incredible. It's, uh, if we can make it trendy and like <laughs> cute like that. Yeah. I'm all for that. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> so I feel like that feels pretty rock solid for the home, like mattress having natural material, material furniture, switching, to um from carpet to hardwood floors. And you know, you can still have that softness, like you said, with the wool rugs, air purifiers, opening up your windows, maybe. Would those, mm-hmm. those be simple like things to help through? Oh,
1: definitely. One big thing I like to share too is um when we're showering, um, this is more of like a maintenance lifestyle hack, but um, when we're showering, we're creating a lot of moisture. So it's really important to run our exhaust fans when we're showering, make sure your exhaust fan before you, you know, if you live in an older home, make sure your exhaust fan isn't just venting into your attic, like we talked about earlier, but, um, make sure that you are running your exhaust fan, but simultaneously you want to make sure, you know, maybe your home has fresh air that's being brought in, but maybe it doesn't. So if you're running your exhaust fan and you're pulling a bunch of hair air out of your home, you want to make sure you're cracking a window so that your home has the ability to bring fresh air back in. Otherwise, that air is going to come from places like your outlet plugs, cracks in the walls, and areas where the air is dirty and you just don't want it coming into your indoor air. Um, But that's going to be a really helpful tool to help keep your bathroom dry after you shower and sort of manage the moisture in those spaces And same thing with when you cook too, always trying to run the exhaust fan while you're cooking because not only do we have like carbon um, or combustion gases from maybe a gas appliance or just combustion um, particulate from our food that's super fine that comes into our, you know, breathing zone that we like to pull out um, if we can when we're cooking.
0: Mm, I love these little hacks. They're so important because they're little quick switches that can really change the game or like... Even the exhaust fan, like, yeah, not even realizing, like, if it's going into the attic, like, that can't be good. So I love that you're just pointing to things that people can, you know, easily look into, you know, so it's perfect. And so the last, I guess, topic before we, you know, can wrap up with, like, the nervous system support is EMFs. You were briefly talking about it. So I guess to simplify for people, like, to start, what is an EMF? Yeah. we are going back to basics
1: here. So simplify it, EMF stands for electromagnetic frequency. Um, there's four different types of EMFs that we look at when we're doing an assessment in a home. We have electric fields, we have magnetic fields, we have radio frequencies, and we have dirty electricity. Electric fields and magnetic fields are going to come from most of our devices, our technology that's plugged in. So if a um you know like using anything like using our laptops um using a toaster using our electric stove a refrigerator all of these things emit an electric and a magnetic field a radio frequency is gonna come from anything that's labeled as smart so like our wi-fi our bluetooth our you know our laptops And really anything like uh, TV, anything that's labeled as smart is probably emitting some sort of signal. And so that's where it's really important. And like we talked about with being a mama is like making sure that we're really looking at what we're putting in baby's room because baby monitors can emit a radio frequency, a magnetic field, an electric field, and we're putting it right here by their brains in their skulls that are not even fully formed over their brains. And, you know, there's just so many studies showing, you know, that it impacts the developing brain and sperm and sleep and reproductive organs and cancer risks and hyperactivity in children and memory problems. And so we want to, you know, give our children the best possible chance at, you know, being healthy when they're older. There's all types of things like we're seeing, I was saying like there's wearable clothing and wearable like headbands and different things that we're seeing. I mean, there's even like wearable feminine products that like track to an app that help you monitor your period, which all seems such like a good intention. Um, but we don't know enough about the long-term exposure and the little that we do know is not trending in a way that's showing that it's hundred percent safe. So, you know, I think, to look at things from a precautionary standpoint um, is really, really important. So I always tell people, don't worry about anything until you just focus on your cell phone. That's the thing that you're getting the most exposure to Um, making sure that you're decreasing your use and increasing your, your distance from it. Right. So maybe that's holding it here while you're talking on the phone and hardwiring your internet in like I know it's like going back, but honestly, it's faster. And I am on calls with people all the time where they drop off, and I'm perfectly stable because I'm I'm plugged, I'm hardwired in. So, I mean, you know, on occasion, I'll unplug and I'll go mobile in my house and I use my Wi-Fi, and it's all good. And it, there's a balance, but you know, for the most part, I think if we can hardwire, and that's going to help minimize our exposure. Um, you know, maybe getting a landline, kind of going back. Which I think is going to be trending
0: again. To be yes. honest, if you ask me, bring it back. We're already seeing '90s apparel come back. We're just, we're just yeah. going back. As long as I can get one of those clear phones with like all
1: the colorful wires inside, yes. I'm on board.
0: Oh my god, I totally remember those. It's so classic. yeah. As long as we don't have any of that dial-up like sound. <laughs> We're good. We're good. Right. Oh, I love that. Those, those are some great symbols because that was going to be my next question: how to how to reduce EMFs. I also have a question for you because I have like a a Defender Shield laptop like thing that I put and like it's not a case, but it's something you put under your laptop. Like, mm-hmm. do you recommend those kind of products? Obviously, that's not like completely eliminating EMFs, but do they help reduce EMF exposure? or Are there any products you you like or recommend?
1: Yeah. So I haven't personally measured the defender shield, but I would imagine that you're still getting exposed to a magnetic field. You're just not getting exposed to a radio frequency or electric field. Most of the shielding products, um, they shield electric fields and radio frequencies, but magnetic fields are harder to shield, but they drop off with distance. So magnetic field, the farther you are away is going to be, you know, you're going to have less of an exposure. So I think they're good. Um, you have to understand though, that it could potentially be now reflecting it back up to you Uh.
0: because it's
1: going to bounce back. It's going to go somewhere. So I don't know a hundred percent, um, I think there's some value in some of these blocking, shielding things like, you know, um, I've had uh, colleagues who are electro hypersensitive who wear like the hoodies and stuff that, you know, works really well for them, especially if they're like getting on an airplane or, you know, you know, if you're going to be traveling, you know, you're going to have a high exposure. Those things can really work to protect like blankets. Um, So I think it can be helpful, but I think that the best thing and the most important for people to remember is that all these devices and gizmos and gadgets are not really getting to the root cause. Um, I always say like, it's an EMF is like smoking cigarettes in a sense. So, you know, we can put, if there's a cigarette burning in another room, we can put an air purifier right next to us to help us with the smoke, but we're still getting exposed. Whereas we would want to go and put the cigarette out. So if we know we're having exposure like our laptop or our phone or something like that, just being more conscious of, okay, well, how can we limit our use? Because even when we're using these devices, we're still getting
0: exposed. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Lots of things tough. to think about. <laughs> <don't> know, right? <laughs> so yeah, the last conversation I love us to dive into is the nervous system support because I know when you hear all these different things and different toxins and products to be mindful about it can be overwhelming I always say it's like a pendulum swing like you come into the world having no fucking clue that mold and heavy metals and emfs can impact you right and then you start educating yourself and then you could pendulum swing into like fear and just like oh my god like now I got to be worried about everything and every product. And it's like, it does get overwhelming when you research more and more. And so it really is about finding that middle ground of being aware of these toxins and knowing there's different ways we can just like minimize the exposure. And, and, and so I'm just curious, like for you, what has been your journey with incorporating the nervous system support with detoxing and, you know, having a healthier, happier home?
1: My gosh. Wow. It is a, I was, there was a point in my journey where I looked at my boyfriend. I was like, we have to move. We have to move right now. Oh my, it was when I started studying building biology. I was in the house that I'm in now. I, I, it was, it was overload. And I, I felt like I was being like empowered, but I really wasn't because I was stressing. I, I couldn't sleep at night because I was like, I'm we're all going to die i mean it was just, <laughs> totally it was horrible i mean so you really have to be careful what you do with this knowledge and um i am at a point now where i am so yes these things are absolutely important but there's we have to be realistic we really have to be realistic with what we can do and do our best and know that our best is going to be okay um because it's all we can do right now you know if you're living in a horribly moldy home you yes I might tell you drop everything go figure out get out of there but if we're just learning about things and stressing about our environment and picking over every single thing that could be wrong that's not healthy either and so yeah a big part of my journey was going through tap with you and you know learning all the different tricks and tools and really trying to embody and breath work was so amazing um doing a lot of different somatic therapies. And more recently, one of the things I brought into my practice, which I haven't even shared with anyone, you're going to be the first person, oh, is we brought, um, we're bringing MBSR in. So I have somebody who's sort of like an in-house MBSR practitioner who offers it for people who are going through a really challenging situation. Um, it was so impactful in my own healing journey, especially with the need to release control. The, you know, not being good enough, um, all of these different things that were released in MBSR that I really wanted to bring it in for some of my clients, because I have people come to me all the time who, you know, maybe are building a new home or doing all these things to do the right thing, but they still don't feel safe, like they're going to be safe in their new home. And it's like, well, you're never going to feel safe in your environment if you can't feel safe in your body. And that's what I learned. And I learned so much of that from you. And so I cannot recommend your programs enough, but like, it's so, so true. And it's not to dismiss the true real implications that our environment and different things can have on our systems, but it's such a crucial key component, the nervous system work, especially when we've been traumatized from no realizing our environment can make us sick. It's like, how do we get out of this cycle and this loop of like, I'm safe, I'm safe, I'm safe.
0: Yeah, I, so. think, I love hearing your personal story with this. And I think it's always nice for people to hear that too. So they realize they're not alone. And I think that is tough about, you know, we've both gone through the chronic illness journey, and you have to basically reteach your system that the world is safe. And while you're mm-hmm. doing that, you're also learning what toxins did make you sick. And so it is this, This balance between, you know, doing the best you can on a practical level and. Like you said, feeling safe in your body—it's that embodiment piece—is so important. I love that you're bringing MBSR into your practice. <laughs> like, yes, I'm actually dropping an episode with Amanda Mirabella. who's one of the lead trainers of MBSR. I think I'm dropping that episode next week. Amazing. Um, so, so they hopefully our audience will have listened to that before this episode. And I, it's so—it's just so important. It really opens up that awareness. And yeah, it's important to feel safe. I mean, let, full transparency. Like, I got sick from mold. And I have, I see mold in my bathroom right now. Like I, and, and I feel safe and I feel okay. And I it's attributed to the nervous system regulation work. I have a handful of clients that are going through the chronic illness journey. And a huge part is being able to see these toxins and be like, Hey, like I'm, I'm going to be okay. And that impacts you. I think what's so wild is I even, I've had this mold in my bathroom. Thank God. I'm very excited. We're renovating (laughs) <laughs> um, in a couple of weeks, but it's been over a couple of years that I've seen it there. And my mold panel keeps getting lower and lower and lower. So it really does show you how important, like when our nervous system is more regulated, we actually detox better anyways. So, mm-hmm. um, there's so many different things that make it a more empowering experience. And it's just about teaching ourselves at the world. Like we, we can feel safe to be in our bodies and do the practical. We, we just need the both.
1: Yeah. And building that resiliency within our nervous system, like the capacity to handle what the environment is inevitably going to throw at us.
0: Yeah. What are, that's what I, I always tell my clients. I'm like, we're in a modern world with toxins everywhere. We just have to deal with the inevitable. But the good news is. Although we're having more research on what is toxic, we're also having more research on how to like reduce our exposures. And like, thank God we have people like you in the world that are doing the research for us and saying, hey, this is a great product to look into. This is how you can clean your home. Like, This is the information we need. We just deal with the inevitable and then add the nervous system component to help us feel safe in our bodies no matter what life throws our way. And we're rocking. We're good. Yeah.
1: You need it all though, mind, body, spirit. And it's taken a long time to get to this point, but realizing how crucial each of those components is uh, mind, body, spirit, environment are all equally all as
0: important. important. Yeah, <laughs> there's not one part of it that's more important than the other. It, it is a puzzle piece. And so I love that you've incorporated that. And it's been, it's been, I, I love our growing relationship. I just, Feel deeply appreciative to like I, I don't know how we've been met through social media, um, but it's been an epic relationship. <laughs> and I'm I'm just so excited for you and your business and everything that's coming.
1: Oh my gosh. And you too. I cannot, oh, I cannot express my gratitude for you and all that you've taught me. Yeah, and it's been such an amazing journey and getting to know you and excited to listen to all your episodes and what's to come.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So to wrap up, um, how can people stay connected to you? How can they work with you? All that good stuff.
1: Yeah. So everyone starts with a clarity call. You can book a free 20 minute call. um, But we help you along the whole entire journey of realizing that you have a problem and trying to rule out whether that's your environment or not. Um, Sometimes that looks like Um, ruling out your existing environment as an issue. Maybe you need help finding a new home and you want to understand how to minimize your risk and know what red flags look for. Um, We also support if you're doing a renovation or a new build and helping you build in that insurance, make sure you don't have future problems and you can have a safe and healthy home. Um, And we also continue to offer interior design services where we have all of that knowledge bundled into that. So we act as your interior designer, work with your team. Um, and we have the awakened homeowner coming out very soon, which is going to be your uh, healthy home hub. It's going to be a searchable platform where you can type in whatever it is you're needing support with, with in your home, and it'll populate everything we have on that topic. So you can easily find, you know, how to clean your drains, like what to do if I see mold in my toilet, like all the different things that is something we are really excited to create.
0: I'm like grinning ear to ear. I'm literally <laughs> so excited for that. It's like such a genius product to create. So from the bottom of my heart, think, I'm sure that took a lot of time to build and I'm sure you're still building it, but I think it's going to be an incredible resource and I'll make sure to post it on my Instagram as soon as it comes out, all that good stuff. Cause it's so important.
1: Thank you. Yeah. We're, it's been a long time coming. It's definitely, <laughs> Bigger undertaking than I originally thought, but I'm really excited for it. I think it's something that I wanted in my own journey and I'm excited to share with other people. So
0: yes, it will be good. Well, thank you for this conversation. I love you and thanks again.
1: Thank you, Shana.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, please share it with them. And if you're loving these conversations, make sure to subscribe and leave me a review on what you love about the show so I can keep the good vibes coming your way. Now, in case no one told you today, I want you to know that you're doing a fucking incredible job and the world is so much better with you in it. So thank you for being here and I cannot wait to see you in the next episode.